Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, what's going on, Nation? And thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Today, it's the return of the Hall of Fame and Pain with my tag team partner for today, the world's strongest man, sexual chocolate, and fellow Hall of Famer, Mark Henry. Lots of stuff to cover from this past week in pro wrestling. Mark Henry tells us a great story about how Bret Hart had to set his ass straight. Man, I can't wait to hear that one all over again. Turn it up right here, myself and Mark Henry on the Busted Open Podcast. Let me just ask you right off the bat, is there anything in particular that happened this week that stands out to you that's on the forefront of your mind that you were looking forward to talking about today with me and the nation? Two things. Well, three things, because I I would have to say that um, the loss of Pat Patterson was really tough on me. And that that was something that I, I, me and you, uh, we both love Pat. We both spent a lot of time laughing and joking. And and most people, when you pass away, everybody's all sad and somber. And I was sad for about 30, 40 minutes. But everything that I could think of about Pat made me laugh my ass off. And um, Sting coming out during the tag uh, was... Bro, it was groundbreaking. It was earth shattering. It was, it was, um, it was one of those moments in pro wrestling that we'll look at in twenty or thirty years and still go, "Wow, that was a big damn moment. That was a really huge moment." And the the ladder match with um, um, the my Shotzi? NXT girls. And Shotzi Blackheart, who I was not very high on um, in, the, in, the, in the beginning because I didn't, I thought the tank thing was, you know, a little um, anime, cartoonish type of things for the kids. And, and there is a place for that and to try to get the young people to love you. Uh, but I thought it was just a little bit too soon. I thought you, there's stuff like that you got to work your way into. And you just, it was like they just threw it at me and expect me to like it. And then after a while, I ended up liking it. So I guess it worked. But her work has improved dramatically over the last six months. And I mean, you, you, this whole pandemic has been a showcase of where you can start in the business and then where you can become. And she closed that gap as fast as anybody that I've seen. And, um, I mean, you know, you're, you're only as good as your dance partner. And um, I, I thought that both of those women did a hell of a job. Um, you know, there was a couple of things that was a little spotty. But for the most part, they had me the whole match. Uh, Psychology-wise, um, they thrilled the shit out of me when they uh, went to the floor. 
and um, they used the ladder as a battering ram, and then they used the stairs. And I've I've not seen a lot of guys lay the stairs in like <laughs> like like my I mean brother, it was absolutely amazing. So those 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 things are the ones that touch me the most. Well, we will definitely get into everything that you talked about. Um, uh, obviously, with Pat Patterson, we both had uh, great relationships with him, and I know what he meant to our careers and how much he helped us out. And just about everybody that has ever worked with Pat in the wrestling business has the same things to say about him, about how brilliant he truly was uh, when it came to a variety of things uh, in wrestling, whether that was how to put together a match, the psychology, the finishes, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs. Uh, Sting is going to be huge news. It's going to be the first time we're, we're talking about it. Um, we It is a false count anywhere Friday, Mark, so we want to get as many phone calls in from the nation a, as possible. And the difference between me and you when we talk about phone calls is we actually take a ton of phone calls and not like yes, Greco, who says he's going to take a ton of phone calls. We're going to take a takes- fucking call in five minutes. Nope. Yeah. Right. An hour and a half later, we still the guy's still sitting on hold. Um, interesting that, oh, of what you just said about Shotzi Blackheart, because I have been saying the same exact thing <clears throat> since day one. When I first saw Shotzi, I was not into the gimmick. I don't know why. I called it indie-rific. Um, I thought it was. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That, that's how it came off to me. I'm just I'm just being honest. Um, it, it, it was very. Uh, yeah, indie to me, and it didn't it didn't feel right. That it didn't look like the gimmick was tightened up. But I'll be damned if that woman has not taken strides forward, not steps forward, strides yeah. forward in her yeah. in her entrance, in her look, in her work, especially. And hats off to to NXT and Jeremy Borash down there with all the great uh, vignettes and packages that they have put together for her and uh, helped her tighten up her whole presentation. The number one thing, and I totally agree with you, her in-ring work has gotten better. Steps forward. And that's all you can hope for every time you have a young talent out there, especially when that young talent is only performing once a week. As long as you can see a step forward, as long as you can see that, well, Shotzi made this mistake last week, and we talked to her about it, but this week she did not make the same mistake. Yeah. That's all all you can ask for. As as someone that has worked with a lot of producers, worked with a lot of agents, and had critical conversations from the boss uh, throughout my career, that was the thing that I got the most is, hey, I told you to fix it, and you fixed it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And everybody in, that's a, above on the... Uh, totem pole, if you will, a chain of command, however you want to say it, they appreciate not having to tell you the same shit over and over and over. So if you can, you as a talent, and you're a talent out there right now, and somebody tells you to do something, and then the next week you go back and do it, when they go into meeting, didn't I tell you to tell him to not do that? I, I did tell him. Well, maybe you didn't express 
the urgency in which I told you to tell him don't do that. And when you get the agents to get an ass chewing because of you, brother, you have lost. You have completely lost because I'm not going to take many ass chewings because you're a dickweed. And you're intentionally trying to show me that you know better than I do. Guys, you're killing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot because when they say, hey, uh, maybe we should use bully in this thing. Nah, he's not going to listen. He's going to do what he want to do. All right, then who else? You got skipped over just like that. That's the power of the pen. You are are so right. I have seen careers made and destroyed in one sentence. I've heard somebody go, just like you explained, hey, why don't we do this with this guy and gal? And somebody go, nah, you don't want to do it because of this. It's like one second you were right there in that position and the next second you were taken away just because of your unwillingness to listen, learn, change, and get better just because you thought you knew it all. And listen, I thought I knew it all. You, You thought you knew it all. We all think we know it all until somebody has to take us by the hand, sit us down, and say, you don't know it all. Who who was it? Who was it for you? Who had to tell you? Who say, look, this is where the tire meets the road. You I know, tried I, for you, and you, there, you screwed it up. Who, there who was, was that guy? There was a day that Hunter pulled me on the side uh, and had a talk with me. The talk was about um, the perception of ECW guys coming into the WWE and we had a great discussion and I explained to him I said listen we're not like those guys those guys that we hear before us kind of ruined it for us because that they set an example for ECW guys and I said me and my me and Devon me and my brother we're not like that you're going to you're going to see that we're actually you know, professional and, and, and fun to deal with. But he had the talk with me about, about, uh, you know, a, a few things. Did you have somebody sit you down? Bret Hart. Bret Hart said, Hey, um, I'm your last chance. Oof. I don't know if, I don't know if you ever saw the last chance university for these college football players that just lose their minds. They think they're over and they're not. And they end up in JUCO colleges. They don't go to class. Everything they say, look, it's over. Everything you know from now on. If you don't earn it, you, you're gonna suffer. And I went to Canada, and Brett was like, "Hey, man, um, this is it. Like Vince, you know, loves you to death, but if you're gonna have to change, and you can't fight your way out of every situation." Uh, you're going to have to learn how to exist in the locker room, and that's why you're here. So I I, I want to hear more mind. about this story. I, I, I want to hear more because if Bret Hart sits you down, that's one thing. But if Bret Hart sits you down and says this is your last chance, knowing how you were brought into the WWE with the pomp and circumstance, I definitely want to hear the rest of this story. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films 
to Talking Fantasy Sports on SiriusXM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. For those that might not know a little bit of your history, um, being an Olympian, being the world's strongest man, you were brought in by the WWE, and they threw... They threw the kitchen sink at you. They backed up a Brinks truck to your house. They dumped off a load of money. They had big plans for you. So they're making a sizable investment in you right off the bat. They want you to succeed. They need you to succeed. They need a return on their investment. And then all of a sudden, Bret Hart is sitting you down saying, buddy, you're almost out the door. So what I want to know from you is give me some examples of mistakes that you made and tell me about that conversation with Bret Hart. Well, first off, I, I didn't understand locker room. Like the whole people don't realize how important the locker room is. You're with those people 200, 300 days a year. And if you can't coexist in the locker room, it's going to be a hard road to hoe. And I had guys trying me. I grew up as a dominant athlete. And I earned everything that I got. And for somebody to, to try to rib me and talked to me like they were tougher than I knew they were. I just, you know, I started slapping and choking people. And that's not how it works. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here as an old wily vet now thinking if some young dude came in and I saw the boys ribbing him a little bit and he beat the shit out of somebody or choked somebody, then I would be like, yo, man, what the, what's wrong with you? And that's what that's the situation that I was in. Um, the WWE, for all the successes with me, they made some mistakes, throwing me to the wolves. And it ended up, you know, me making threats and against top guys and then top guys going, look, it's me or him. And I just want to clarify, you being thrown to the wolves back then is a lot different than being thrown to the wolves today. There are no more wolves today. I no. know the wolves you got thrown to. So that type of locker room 25 years ago was a lot more difficult to navigate around than the than the very nice, happy, <laughs> Wizard of Oz-esque locker room that's there today. So just so people understand, that locker room, considerably different. Yeah, and, and there was a lot of clicks and, uh, you know, like little individual mafias you know, where guys, they all stuck up for their group of guys. And when I had trouble with one, I had trouble with all of them. And I didn't mind. I was like, bring your ass outside. And they're like, man, are you crazy? And Yeah, that's, I, I'm crazy. And, and, and it didn't help me. So uh, Brett was opening up a school uh, in Calgary. And Vince knew about that and uh, talked to Brett about having me come there uh, for a while and let the smoke clear because at that time I had dropped a nuclear bomb. And it was the, I mean, you know, you read the book and you'll hear all of the rest of this story, but um, I got to Canada and Brett was like, hey man, like you seem like a good dude. Like I know what happened to you and Let's fix it, man, because I think that it's over for you. If you can't, if I can't fix you, then it's, it's done. And I went, what do you mean it's done? It means you, you, you're going to go back to 
doing whatever you were doing. And I was like, shit. And I got to work, man. You know, and I made some mistakes up there too. You know, God rest his soul. I punched Andrew Martin in the face so hard, bro, almost broke his nose. And Leo Burke, who was the coach, grabbed me and said, look, man, you can't, you got to protect the people you work with. And he grabbed me in the head like he said, this is how you do it. You don't, you, and he, pow, he just busted my blood's pouring out of both nostrils. And I was like, what the hell you do that for? He said, well, you just did it to him. And that was the learning, the old school wrestling learning process started that day rather than two years before. So for those people that don't know, Andrew Test, uh, Andrew Martin was better known as Test. Now, Test was about six foot five, 265 pounds, jacked up to the nines. Uh, and from I was friends with Test, pretty tough dude. Did you drop him in the ring? Did you drop him in the locker room or what you were just saying? You had him in a side headlock and you punched him right in the, yeah. you shoot punched him in the face. I shoot punched him in the, I, I, I wasn't trying to hurt him. But I did because he Leo's thing was, if you don't know how to do something, don't experiment on somebody's body. Like, practice that shit before. And he had me punching a shower curtain for like two months. And we had the shower curtain thing set up and looks like shit. <laughs> yep. Looks like shit. <laughs> Come on, throw the punch, but just don't hit it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's how green I was. And that's when I really got to training. And when I left Canada and came to Louisville for Ohio Valley wrestling, I was a different guy. Like it was, you know, what I learned in one year, more than I learned the first two years combined. And then I get to Louisville and I got Rip Rogers, Danny Davis, Jim Cornette, and they are all master psychology guys, as well as Rip Rogers is arguably the best coach that I've ever seen. His, his training philosophy, I mean, one hour straight, perpetual motion. And if you rest, you rest for about a minute, two minutes, and then get your ass back to work. Punches, chops, punches, chops, kicks, ground-based kicks then you go into rolls and then you do all the rolling stuff and then you do all the flips and then you do this like for a complete hour okay cardio is out of the way you didn't even know you was doing cardio <laughs> that's real right. philosophy you yep. work to work and then you go and you pair off okay y'all i want y'all to do a 10-minute match and please tell a story make that shit make sense Rip was no nonsense. And if you got in the ring and it it was rotten, get, get, get out of the ring. It's rotten. Go back and go over it again and come back in a minute. Give me two you more. Mean, you, you mean he didn't come over to you and put your, his hand on his shoulder and let you know, well, you know, you did a lot of things good, but, um, you know, maybe you could do a couple of things better. You mean he didn't coddle you and tell you everything that you Hell wanted to hear? No. He didn't tell you that people on your social media were putting over your 450 moonsault? No, he didn't tell you that? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, man. I don't know. That, that's completely opposite of Rip Rogers. But everybody that I, I 
want to see if you really have it in you to be a wrestler, I send him to Rip Rogers because I know he's going to browbeat the shit out of him. He's going to test their intestinal fortitude and he's going to see. And then when you, when you say, you know what, man, screw this. I'm done with this. I'm going somewhere else. And he'll go, you'll never make it. Why? Because everything that I put you through today was to see if you can handle it. And this is just one iota of what the wrestling business is. Good luck to you. And those guys and I never made it. If you left, if you left Rip, you was done. And future aspiring wrestlers should want to come up underneath guys like Hard. Rip Rogers who are going to bust your ass, break you down physically and mentally. And mentally. Because those are the are the trainers that truly prepare you for this industry not the trainers that just take your money let you get in a ring and do whatever the hell you want and then order gear after one month in the ring and all of a sudden you're a pro wrestler it, it, it's it's not the way it works you talked about ohio valley wrestling coming up at 10 30 this morning uh eastern time we have al snow coming on going to talk to him about a couple of things did you ever get to work with al a bunch of times a bunch of times. And, and he's one uh, of the guys that comes from that whole uh, Rip Rogers uh, school of thought when it comes to psychology and entering work. Yeah. And, and I actually, uh, when I went to knock the rust off from coming back from injuries, Al was actually coaching at that point. And this is probably 04 or something like that. And um, I got in there with Al, and it was just, you know, Al is very smooth. He's one of the few smooth guys that were able to make it in pro wrestling because he also had personality. And and he was unfearful in the ring and, and actually was a tough guy. Like, he, Al could take it as well as dish it out. And that's the thing about wrestling. It's a lot of guys, man. You see them on TV, and, you know, they – they seem like tough guys, and then they really not. But Al was actually one of the guys that, if I was going to get into it, um, I would want him there with me because he will fight you. Uh, a lot of fake you. tough, a lot of fake tough and phony brave in this industry. Um, oh my god, I found that out <laughs> real early. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you did. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Steve in St. Augustine, what's going on? Thanks for joining us this morning. What's your question? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my phone call. Um, I'm from the older generation that grew up in the territories. Do you think AEW's maybe trying to bring that back sort of bit by working with all these other companies and stuff? Because I think that would be awesome if they could do like it was back in the 80s. We have certain guys come in and go for a while. Do you kind of see that maybe happening since they're working with these other companies? Steve, thanks for your phone call, buddy. So, uh, Mark, I'm sure you saw on Wednesday night after Kenny Omega defeated Moxley for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, he ran out of the building along with Don Callis and Alex Marvez caught up with them before they jumped into that SUV. And 
uh, Callis said, you'll hear from us on Tuesday night. And Marvez was like, what are you talking about? Uh, Dynamite is on Wednesday night. And that's when Callis dropped the bombshell and said, no, you'll hear from us on Tuesday night on Impact Wrestling on Access TV. The entire wrestling world seems to be talking, obviously, about the Sting return and the fact that Kenny Omega is going to turn up on Impact Wrestling. And it seems like AEW has put their toe in the water about possibly working with at least one other company because they mentioned Impact. We know that the AEW World Championship and Kenny Omega, the world champion, will be on another company this Tuesday, Impact. Would you like to see... AEW branching out, extending the olive branch to other wrestling companies and at least AEW and Impact or AEW and New Japan or AEW and Ring of Honor, maybe all of them. Would you like to see them come together? Do you think that's good for the wrestling business? Do you think it would work? I do think it will work. I think that it's something that for a long, long time, uh, fans have wanted to see fantasy booking. They've wanted to see who was the best from WWE versus the best at WCW. They got that. And look how successful that ended up being. Uh, then you go into now. And um, just a few months ago, there was a rumor, and it was just a rumor because um, if it had any legs, it would have happened because it was such a good idea. But an invasion from WWE to AEW. And I was like, ooh, man, that would be cool. And in my mind, that's, that's, that's the way I, it hit me. Uh, so as a fan, imagine how that hit some of our fans. Uh, and now AEW has made that real. It's made, they made it a reality. And there's some good, really, really outstanding talent on Tuesday nights. So... I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to happen. I mean, you you see, Thunderosa is is coming in and and wrestling um, the women at AEW, and and she's adding a lot to their women's division. So it's 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 good for both. It's good for every company involved. And and even uh, Triple H, you know, said that they were open for business. I don't know if and you I, saw I, that that drop on the conference call, right? Yeah. He said, we're, we're open for business. Make, let's, let's talk. Let's talk business. I think it's a smart idea. Um, what, obviously, with AEW uh, having all of the, stealing all the headlines right now, and obviously they caught lightning in a bottle with a, with a variety of things this past week. If AEW and Impact Wrestling are doing business together in any way, shape, or form, we can uh, we understand how impact would get the rub from AEW but what would AEW have to gain by doing business with impact what what's the first thing that would pop into your mind i think the broadening of the you know people say territory but on the way digital streaming works um you don't have to be regional. You could be worldwide in one day. So that's not an issue. I think the talent pool um, is, is the main thing. Access to more talent, more talent being able to produce shows, and you do it at the same time. And now rather than having 
one day a week, you're actually really involved two days a week and you increase your range. So um, it, it's, it's a really, really smart idea. Is there a particular um, aspect of the roster? Do you, do you think AEW benefits more from the male talent in Impact or the female talent in oh, Impact? Oh, the female talent, because that's, that's where they have the, the biggest disparity. Uh, they have about six women that are head and shoulders above the rest of the, the ladies on there. And it's, it's, it's no disrespect to them. It's just that it's opportunity and experience. They've had opportunities in other places. People know who they are, are already. So it, those younger women are behind a ball. Now there are seasoned talent at, you know, Diana Perazzo, uh, she, she can wrestle anywhere and be in the top five. I, and that's just my opinion. There's some people are going to be like, ah, I don't know about uh, that, but she didn't get a proper shake at NXT. And I thought that she should have had more of a um, a run, but you know what? Whatever works and don't work, we'll find out. We'll turn up in the wash. And it did. But She's a success. You, you said that she didn't get a proper run in NXT. Let's go back to the conversation we were having earlier about maybe – your attitude when you first came into the WWE. Now you take a woman like Deanna, who's obviously very talented, but didn't get a fair shake in NXT. Those are your and words. She might have. She might have played a role in that. Okay. It, okay. It's not always Just saying. The, it's not always the company. Normally, you when know? you see a person with talent who doesn't get a fair shake, something's going on behind the scenes. And yeah. hopefully, it, let's just say that that was the issue at NXT. Hopefully, somebody had the talk with her. Yeah. And you and can the see that she came on. Exactly. Because we all yeah. have to have that moment. Mark, what do you, what do you think about? Uh, I've seen some tweets from fans who have said. It's not going to be fair to the AEW women if Impact women all of a sudden get those spots if the two companies were to come together. What's your take fair on that? my ass. All of y'all, uh, it's not fair, people. Everybody gets a trophy, and it, it, I, they were there in line first. Bullshit. It don't matter if you were there first. If I'm better than you, Put me on TV. Let me get a run against somebody that I feel like is my equal and let us run and let us draw money. That's what it's about. It's about drawing money. And if this girl is better than all the rest of those girls and she gets bumped up over the head of those guys, tough tit. That's all it is. You you try to go to draw money. And I, I there was a there was some people that I fell out with in wrestling. Uh, early in my career because they felt like, well, they just use you because you're big. What? What do you mean they're using me because I'm big? Well, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, it's it's like I'm, I'm 5'10", you know, 190 pounds. Of course they're going to use the guy 330 pounds. I said, no. Don't, don't blame it on size. It's the same thing as people that's like, oh, man. She only got it. She only got in because she good look good. Well, we're in the business of entertainment, 
And if this girl is so beautiful that you're going to tune in and see her because she's beautiful, then shit, bro, don't be mad at her. That's what it is. And there's some guys, I know there's some guys that were extremely talented that didn't get a, a, a proper shake or didn't get the run that they thought they deserved or they didn't get over in this place and they ended up going somewhere else and then they got over because you were the big dog in that pool. Don't mean you're the big dog in another one. You look at the, you go back and look at the old school territory days. The difference in wrestling styles from Minnesota to Florida, from Florida to Memphis, from Memphis to Atlanta, from Texas to California, it was different. So that being said, don't put everything in categories. Just let the entertainment happen and let the fallout happen without being so worried about whether or not somebody is deserving. It's about money. It's about drawing and putting asses in seats. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. Uh, the quote from Triple H from the conference call talking about working from other companies. Right now, I'd like to summon the voice of God on yes. the show. Ed Robinson, please read what the game said. Why, I will certainly. So during yesterday's media call ahead of NXT War Games this Sunday, Triple H was asked about WWE's receptiveness towards working with other promotions, obviously alluding to the AEW Impact Partnership, Triple H said, and I quote, you know, look, from what you've seen in the past with Progress, Evolve, ICW, all those things, yeah, we're open for business. In a lot of ways, in a lot of things, and a lot of everything, people's thoughts, misperceptions, their perceived knowledge of what we do, how we think, and all that stuff is often greatly misinterpreted and not necessarily accurate. So look, we are open to the right business opportunities. Yeah, at any given time, we're open to things. The Mark. right, the right opportunity. Not every opportunity. He didn't say we're going to jump into bed with anybody and everybody. Because if you sleep with dogs, you're going to get fleas. The right opportunity means the ultimate talent that can help us put asses in seats. That's simply it. Simply put. So, so do you think the right opportunities and the people to help put asses in seats or tune into the USA Network every Wednesday night at eight o'clock are going to come from Progress, Evolve, or ICW? You know what? It could be a little of all of them, but I think that the biggest one would be MLW because you got family and lineage already with the Von Ericks. You got Brian Pillman Jr. And, and he's, think he's about been this. hanging out. He's been hanging out at AEW though. I have seen him at AEW. So 
You know, like I mean, the guys and girls are moving around right now. They're allowed to, so they are. They got to go where they can make money. This COVID is hell is is different. It's a different animal. But also, you you look at uh, at Fatu down there, Samoan werewolf. How about Jacob Fatu coming in and just whooping the hell out of Jay Uso and Roman going, damn. Hmm. Maybe I had the wrong Fatus. <laughs> I I agree. I agree with that idea. I, I, I totally Take agree. That. But but I think Triple H was talking about NXT. I don't think he's talking about main roster stuff. Although I agree with the Jacob Fatu being involved in, with Roman and Jay. I mean, could you imagine somebody like a Jacob Fatu versus a Champa? Oh, man, stop. You got to stop preaching. I think I just got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Good but- Lord. That would be awesome. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Do you think it would be smarter for NXT to bring in some older veterans who can still go, who still get it? Listen, AEW brought in Sting for a reason. He satisfies a a lot of um, needs and wants that AEW might have had with the last thing that Sting actually needs to do is wrestle in the ring. Uh, I, I don't need to see Sting wrestle in singles matches and stuff like that. Sting is there to get everybody over and to give the company even more credibility. Does does it work better for NXT to bring in some maybe maybe a former WWE talent that is not doing anything right now who can come in and work with some of the talent that are there and help them get them over not to push the former wwe talent but to help get the other talent over via storytelling and good matches i think that would be wise uh and you look at somebody like hurricane helms he doesn't have to come in and wrestle he could come in and be the reporter and then work behind the scenes with younger talent and show them how to get over because Shane knows how to get over. He, he, he's he got that thing. Everybody don't have it. And as far as a, a talent that's out there that that's working, that, you know, you can, you can see. I remember before uh, a, a prime example is Pepper Parks. You know, now you see the Butcher and the Blade and them at AEW. But I remember seeing Pepper work in the Indies and wondering, how in the hell is he not? on mainstream television. He's just so good. He was always good to me. And it took for Pepper to grow up. It's the same thing with Drew McIntyre. It took for Drew to actually grow up and be a man. Because when they were kids, they actually looked like kids. And nobody believed it. You know, I remember when Randy Orton, he looked like a little kid. Now, 
grown ass man, stubbly beard, grizzled attitude. Like, let me go out here and make this cheese. And when you have children and responsibilities and a wife and you want a life for them, like your focus has changed. And I think that that's what you, you need to hunt some of those guys down. The, the, you know, you, you know who they are. There, there's some guys out there that, you know what, man, they still out there living the brother, brother life and can't be reliable. And, you know, I don't, I don't want no domestic disputes. I don't want like I, there, there's a couple of guys that I've tried my best to help get in the business at a high level. And I couldn't help them because they done so much on the underbelly of society that I can't help you. I'm sorry. I tried. I, I, I respect your talent like everybody else, but you know, you can't be a woman beater and expect to get signed by AEW and WWE. They just can't do it. That I can, I can completely agree at, but let me, let me ask you this. And I know you're going to hate me for asking you this question. Cause you're not going to want, I would never hate you. Unless oh, you yeah, send me you another horror movie picture. And then I, fly down wherever you're at and choke shit at you what time do you normally go to bed at night <laughs> i'm not talking to you <laughs> no seriously what time do you normally go to bed at night 11 o'clock 10 o'clock okay so tonight when you go to bed at about, a, about 11 o'clock when you turn the lights off in your room i'm you not I'm head- taking my headphones off. <laughs> He legitimately took his headphones off. Oh, no, Ed, listen. fuck you, Ed. <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass. Oh, my oh, God. Mark, I didn't even. Uh, I didn't show you a scary cool. picture. Ed just that said you a scary cool. picture. I wasn't going to show you a scary picture. I was just going to tell you that when you put your head on your pillow tonight and the lights are off, just look under the bed and tell me what you say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There's somebody waiting for you. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, hi, Georgie. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Wait. Good night, if, Mark. <laughs> if you got Ed, a you phone dug call a hole for yourself already, I chill. If out you got a here. phone call tomorrow, and you picked up the phone and you heard this on the other line, Mark, I need you to show up in NXT. Who would you want to work with? Who do you know? that you could lend credibility to and help get over within a span of five minutes like Sting did for for Darby Allen the other night? Who can you share the spotlight with who you know instantly will take a step forward? Thick boy. Right off the okay. bat. Uh, big guy. And another one, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is over. I just think that he needs validation and he needs somebody like a Mark Henry, a bully Ray. A, he needs a, a, a ring general to come in and put them in a place to make them make them for the company. And, you know, it's a lot of guys that don't want to do that. They just, you know, for whatever reason, they, they feel like it's beneath them somehow. And that's just the way the business has always been like you always gave to the business and shit. I I don't understand it, man. It's a payday. And not only is it a payday, but you get to put your fingerprints on the business in a different decade. 
And I said I was going to work again in this decade because I don't want Big Show to have worked in four decades and and me not so much. So it's going to happen. I don't care. My legacy is cemented. Like, I'm always going to be Mark Henry. Uh, uh, Listen, I I completely agree with you. And I think if NXT was to um, reach outside the the uh, the confines of the WWE, they should they should turn to the veterans that they have at their disposal who they know could come in and help some of the younger talent. Because I personally don't think that finding talent from Progress or ICW, any of those places, is gonna what's going to move the needle for NXT uh, to be able to compete with AEW on Wednesday night. E- even if they don't look at it as competition, let's say internally NXT does not care. It's still a perception thing. And perception... Uh, doesn't sit well with Vince when the perception is that an, a company that is not the WWE is not in first place. And you know that better than anybody else, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah. And I know it's, it's uncomfortable uh, to see a ratings where somebody's getting 900 and you're getting six-something. I'm sure that that's come up in conversations. Like, what, it, it what are we not doing? Up. What are we not doing? And I think who, they're who doing everything right there in NXT. I really enjoy that product. I re- but it's from, the movement. From- it's the movement of AEW that's given the success. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the talent is better. It's not that they have some outstanding talent, but I think that the movement of we want to be young, we want to be ex- we want to include free everybody they want to be free they, we want the talent to have some say so and i don't think that you need that the talent has to have all the say so never good never good that's never good you let the inmates run the prison i'm i'm saying the wwe would benefit if they allowed the talent to get out and express to the fans. I'm happy. I I love the fact that I have some say so that I'm able to go and and, and express my art and my talent the way that I feel like I can. And they allow that. The perception is the opposite. And the fans feel like, well, shit, I'm, I'm a, I'm a back who, who respects the talent and who loves the talent more and not be the big conglomerate that stands over every, over the little guy. When the WWE changes that perception, their numbers will go up dramatically because the young people of today, they understand the power of a tweet. They understand the power of social media. I'm not going to support them. I'm going to support AEW. What's going to happen with the next 500 kids? What are they going to do? What is AEW? Oh, man, you got to come check it out. We're having fun over here. That's what AEW is. And, and you, you just hit the key word, fun. fun. You got to have fun. And Vince really understands that more than anybody. What does he always say? You're out there to put smiles on faces 
and leave people with a fun experience and going home thinking the next time that that company comes, I'm going to buy a ticket. Am I making it up? No, you're not making it up. But when you watch Monday Night Raw, are you having fun? I'm no, not, not, I mean, I, it's, it's been spread out. I get, I get fun one month, one week out of every month. And I don't know what that is because on Fridays and and Wednesdays, I'm like, ah, I'm fired up and I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into the TV like this. I'm leaning forward. Y'all can't see me right now, but I'm leaning, leaning. forward into He's the leaning. screen. And, and, and I'm like this. Oh no, he not gonna do that. He not gonna do that. Ah, I'm into it. What 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 is the what is the the, the I don't even, the difference even between Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I, what I can't is the figure it out I don't understand. I think that it's it's the passion of the 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 writers, and it's a disconnect between the talent and that, and those writers they've got you, to have a come to jesus meeting they need to all get together in the in the arena before a show and i mean the writers and the talent and be honest with each other guys what are we doing do you disagree with what we're writing because you know like if you if you don't do it with passion then you know whatever we write is going to suck what what do you uh, think we should do? And, and when you give talent, that, that that's what we just saying, right? Empowerment, being able to to get the talent in the locker room to go, hey man, what you got for me today? And then they go out and they, even if even if they go, uh, how about let's do it like this? All right, try it. If you man, when somebody tell me go go, go try it. What am I going to do, bully? I'm going to put my soul in it. I'm going to try to make it work, even if, it, if, if, if they didn't agree and they said, well, just go try it. Look at what happened when you pulled off the greatest swindle in the history of pro wrestling. Or one yeah. of the greatest swindles. You were allowed to go out there and be fully immersed in what you were doing that night. Yeah. And nobody saw it coming, and it came off Nine perfectly. months. Nine month buildup. I sit here and I try to tighten the screws uh, all the time on things that I see. If I, when I go back and I watch your stuff with Cena, there's nothing to tighten. It was done perfectly because you had input, correct? I had input because I, I really went to the vents. I really went to the office. And when I say the office, I, I mean, I went to vents. And I said, man, I'm done. Like, I, I'm, I don't see my kids enough. And my daughter cried the other day because I was going to miss something. I can't do this no more. Come on, Mark. You know, that's, that's what the business is. And I was like, it's the business, but it's ruining my life at home. And he went, oh, damn it. Well, won't you take some time off? Just go away for a couple of months. And then you come back. And I was like, Vince, my body is beat up, too. Like, I mean, it just sucks, man. The, the, I can't walk through the airport from one gate to the baggage claim without stopping and resting because my back hurts, not because I'm tired. I'm in great shape. 
My back feels like shit, man. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I can't change your mind if you don't want your mind changed. But what if they thought that you were leaving? <laughs> what do you mean? Just, you know, just tell the world you're leaving. You're done. And then we'll talk a few months from now. Right, <laughs> he worked his magic on you. <laughs> he, I'm telling you, if you go in this <laughs> office and you think that you're going to lay out what you want to do, he's going to turn your shit sideways. He's going to turn it the other way, and then he's going to show it to you, and you're going to go, "Damn, that's pretty cool." <laughs> Is that a magic trick? Did you just, did you just did my did I mind trick me? Damn. How about a three year deal? Okay. <laughs> what? Did I just say yes? <laughs> the dude is special, man. Are you tell me that I'm lying. You're not You're lying. Every, that... Everybody's got the same story. You go in there with Why one is he thing... not the president? Why is he not the president? <laughs> Everybody in America would be happy. My favorite Everybody... story is, is, is Baldo, Prince Albert, uh, you know, down there in, uh, in, in NXT. Matt Bloom. Uh, he was walking into Vince's office one day, and he was going to tell Vince, damn it, Vince, I'm pissed off. I don't like my push. This going to tell Vince everything that he was pissed off about and that was wrong with everything. And <laughs> I remember him walking out, and I'm like, how did it go? And he goes, I'm going to be the hip-hop hippo. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I'm going to the. I'm going to be the hip-hop hippo. I go, what, what the fuck is a hip-hop hippo? He's like, I don't know, but Vince wants to push it. It's going to be really great. And Dude is six six, three hundred and fifty pounds. suits. You remember the velour suits with the hats? You know who yeah, he turned yeah. into? He turned into Mark Henry. <laughs> oh, yep, Vince and the oh old Jedi. That, that ain't a Jedi mind trick. That's a sick mind trick. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.